welcome to the Enchantress Society with Tia Johnson, a place where you get to be you, where you get to unlock your magic in a sacred and judgment-free zone. The Enchantress Society is your witchy sisterhood of enchanting women who guides and supports you along your spiritual journey from the mundane to the magical. I invite you to sit for a spell as I interview guests and spill the spiritual tea on how we can create the magical life we deserve. Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode. I have a really cool guest who I cannot wait to introduce you to, Lauren Rask. And we are going to be talking about the Ghostly Circus, and she is a creative producer for the Ghostly Circus. And if you remember, I talked about it on a previous episode, and I'll post the link uh, for that as well, where I just really had a good time. So I'm so happy to have connected, or Lauren actually reached out to me, so I'm glad that we connected. And so here we are. Lauren Rask is a variety performer and producer specializing in fire arts, S staff, and curating entertainment experiences. Professionally performing since 2006, her repertoire ranges from solo shows at special events to programming full seasonal residencies with casts of artists from a multitude of disciplines as her company, Seven Textures, that also offers costuming and stage event design, Lauren teaches flow props and fire safety and consults on performance development, including establishing open flame permits with the Philadelphia Fire Code Unit and fun projects like choreography, amateur synchronized swimming acts. Her passions are site-specific theater, such as showcase event, the ghostly circus, morphine, interactive stages, and community art projects. Warren, Lauren, or excuse me, welcome, Lauren. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so again, I'm so happy that we were able to connect because I like learning also the behind the scenes and how someone gets into uh, this all together. So how did you get started and how did the the ghostly circus come about? Um, So that's two questions, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So (laughs) I... um, my personal journey started in more uh, traditional fashion production, especially evening wear and wedding dresses. And I specialized in styling for fashion shows and photo shoots and that sort of thing. And while I was in college, I, as a, as a sculptor as well, and textiles is, is a, um, one of my favorite materials to sculpt with. But I made friends while at college that um, were sideshow performers and they were making props and I helped them make better props um, as just like a a casual favor. And it ended up turning into them offering to teach me after I started learning a lot about um, what makes a good material base for it. And I was... um, I was shown a particular movement called Koi, which is uh, traditionally a a Polynesian dance. It's a very expressive dance where gestures have uh, meaning 
um, in a really beautiful way. It's not usually done on fire in that regard, but it has evolved over the world. And, uh, you know, I've found that everybody kind of loves fire. And in learning mm-hmm. this art form, I, um, I was hanging around people and people just started asking me to come, you know, perform this prop at their event. Um, and it just, it kind of organically started from there and kind of started escalating. So, and people mm-hmm. loved the experience and it got to a point where I had people saying like, oh, we love what you were doing. Can you come back and bring more people with you? Um, you know, like what else, what else can happen? Um, and so the imaginations kind of started and the connections with different artists continue to evolve and, um, how it how the ghostly circus started was um, there's a program director at Laurel Hill Cemetery named Emma Stern, um, who's an, an awesome event producer, and she wanted a fire show at her venue, and so she reached out um, to talk about making that happen. And I I was excited. I really love the whole concept of building the performance art into the space instead mm-hmm. of trying to transform a black box. Like there's, there's a different level of inspiration for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got excited and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, Hey, if we're, if we're going to do this, let's, let's like do a real show. Let's do something more than just a casual, you know, like 15 minute presentation. Um, and that was the first year that was 2014, 2013, 14, I think 14. Wow. That's really cool. I love hearing stories where you're doing something that you love. It grows from there. People love what you do on top of that. And they're saying, yeah, you know, bring more people. We love this. And then it's, it's like you were in that space for that opportunity to arrive. And I, I do love that you use what's around you. And you're right. It is a different level of inspiration. I know when I went to the last ghostly circus, I just thought, man, how cool is this to use what's already there? It's like you get a newfound appreciation for what's there. And then also you're enjoying wonderful acts at the same time. It's like a twofold (laughs) win-win for everyone. Exactly. I kind of look, look at it as if it's a, uh, historical fiction tour (laughs) Mm, I like that yeah no absolutely and even with that inspiration and how you use fire was that something that was always there or or just being in the mix with fire was that something that was always there something that you you saw somewhere it's like oh you know what that'd be something to really bring into the mix uh no I um you know I I got into fire performing accidentally. Um, What, you know, I was introduced through friends and their interests um, and that, you know, influenced some of the little project work that I was doing. And then um, I, like I said, I found that prop poi and what poi ended up being was a physical therapy on, I had a bad shoulder and, Mm. you know, I did a lot of physical therapy and I was supposed to get surgery to help, uh, you know, support my, my joint better. I would just look at my joint all the time and, um, experiencing that practice ended up helping me, um, with the, the, 
more minute muscle structure and the flexibility that my joint needed. So I ended up doing this. It was, you know, slow motion as if um, healing from a surgery would be. Mm -hmm. um, You know, after a few years, I went from not really being able to do things like comb my hair with my right arm to now I can do pull-ups. And wow. Yeah. And so I, I really stuck to the practice because it served my body in a very healing way. Um, you know, so I kept up with the practice and I think through that, um, you know, I approached it in a very, um, a very fundamental and therapeutic and, more philosophical way than um, aiming to necessarily perform it as a, as a stunt. Um, right. Right. That, that's something that kind of evolved with it. It, it turned into, so I'm, I'm a college student. I'm, you know, buying textbooks and, you know, paying my expenses and people are offering me money to come fire spin at parties more than I would get at a part-time job that I was doing. So it, it ended mm-hmm. up being like being a side hustle that just kept, hustling. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I know just from from my experience, I felt like it was changing me in a certain way. And it sounds like when you were saying how you kept up with it over the years, it helped you on multiple levels. So I, I'm thinking that there has to be more than, like you said, a casual 15 minute performance or, you know, like you, you made it have an even deeper purpose. And it's, really started from, you know, I wanted to make sure my shoulder was doing good at the same time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's been uh, you know, a motivation to keep up with the practice and, and keep mm-hmm. figuring out how to get stronger with that. You know, so the different props that I also manipulate now, um, you know, like I don't, I don't practice poi as much, but I do, my practice has evolved to different shapes and different weights and different types of movement structures with that. Wow. And so what do you look for? Uh, you're saying that you had different prompts and things like that. So what do you look for when you want to incorporate something into your practice for this? And also, this is a twofold question. I know that with the ghostly circus, there's a call for artists to come out. So what are some of the things you look for in the artist as well for the ghostly circus? Mm, um you know, that's a, that's an interesting question because, um, you know, the ghostly circus has a, a beginning structure when I, when I start to, um, pull the, the story of the year. So basically we've been doing this now, this will be our eighth year. Um, and every year we produce it in a different way. And, Mm -hmm. While fire and aerials have been our consistent feature, we always shift up what that means. And we get into a lot of the different nuances with the types of props and the different ways we can fuel it and how we can choreograph it as a solo versus a group piece. Um, and, and how we can introduce new pieces that we kind of custom develop. So um, some of the, the structuring, and I'm, I might even say it's, you know, the, the thing that's special about the ghostly circus is we, we really devise it as the artists group together, you know, mm-hmm. so there, I, 
do call back some performers that I've worked with before. So our casts are usually about half, let's call them veterans and half new performers to the show. Um, and some of them I've worked with before. Some of them have been complete strangers that filled out my call for artist form and were able to kind of introduce me to an, a new perspective on how to view the concept of this performance and how their their type of talent would lend itself to the story and how it kind of builds character. Mm-hmm. For example, let's see, I have so many examples. So um, this year, uh, and every year we have kind of a different feature specialty along with our fire and aerial. So last year you probably saw we had bubbles and magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of like bubble art and um, illusions were, were kind of a feature. This year music is going to be a really big feature. Ooh. Yeah, I'm really excited. And like, here's an example of somebody that I've, uh, two, so actually two of the three of my featured musicians this year, I, um, I was, I didn't know before I hadn't met before and they contacted me through this call for artists. And, um, one of them is a singer songwriter that is also a fire performer. Oh, wow. Right. And so I, and this is after, um, like one of the pieces, so some pieces kind of create themselves with also what my principal artists have been working with, you know, so kind of to step, take a step back on like how this music concentration happened, um, is I, uh, I have this wonderful, um, collaborator her name is Annika Michaels and she not only is she a beautiful aerialist that just kind of floats there somehow so strong um but she's also an incredibly accomplished composer and has performed the cello with us in previous years and have created music that just kind of helps speak to the story beautifully and so this year we were talking about opening our aerial show this is a this is a kind of like a, a sneak peek hint of what you might see um so our our feature shows are opening with a musical act performed by our stump performers so Ooh. she's going to be both composing music live right with us and climbing and performing on the aerial apparatus exciting yeah and so i i got another Intro, like call, um, an, I'm sorry, another answer to my call for artists from a uh, fire performer who I haven't met yet that is a singer-songwriter. Her name is Anna O. And she goes by Anna O Arts. And um, so then I have this vision of also starting the fire show with a musical interlude. I got mm. really excited about that. And she she's performed as a musician and she's performed as a fire performer and she's always fantasized about how that would work together. But so now we can collaborate on how to make that possible and we're doing it. And I'm, and I'm very excited. And then, so I have a third musician that reached out to me that composes live music, uh, typing out code on her computer, using her computer as a synth. Wow. A whole different level of like what music making looks like, you know, we'll be projecting her, her live coding as she does this. Um, 
So, you know, that's three completely different ways that music is going to be presented and made and, and experienced in this particular show that I'm really excited about. Um, and so like those little, the, the notes of the music just kind of kept coming in brighter and stronger as mm. um, the artist interests conversations happened and it kind of devised itself that way. And we're also doubling down on the dance party because we didn't get to do one last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. I just felt that energy while you were talking like, wow, this is going to be spectacular. This is, I'm pretty, this is great. Yeah. This is, you know, every year I kind of say, oh, this is the latest and greatest, but it kind of is, you know, we get, be- we get a little bit better at, at building. We get a little bit wider in the types of connections with other artists we can make. And it really, it makes mm-hmm. each year unique and different and special. Um, you know, and so I'm very excited to see how that plays out um, in this. And, and especially because we're kind of developing it into a choose your own adventure experience. Um, so a little like a little under half of the showtime is more specifically main stage. Mm-hmm. But the other half of the experience, you get to wander on the grounds and see what you come across. And we have performers, we have so many art installations this year i'm so excited oh yeah i remember uh last year i felt like or two years ago however 2020 felt like it was forever but the last ghostly circus (laughs) i went to i felt like it was a little bit like that too there was the performer and again that that aerial performance was amazing and then we walked towards the cannons but then i felt like uh there were sides uh, experiences too because there were people there the performers were walking around and then another performance was happening so it was always something going on that just felt so interactive and like you said it's like a, a historical traveling portion too so it's, it's like you're literally in that zone for that time you forget where you are and I and I really believe it's due to the the setup and the the great performances that, that you just forget literally like it's 20 whatever you're in that ghostly circus bubble right now (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and especially because you're literally inside a fort you have to cross a moat to enter (laughs) and you go in through these dramatic gateways um you know so it automatically kind of places you somewhere that you don't usually occupy and you're surrounded by it Yes, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that we, it's a moat. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, it's going to be at Fort Mifflin this year, uh, August 14th. And yeah, it, you're right. I forgot all about the. You know what? It was nighttime. That's why. And I don't, or I didn't see the water as much, you know, because it's mm-hmm. nighttime. So mm-hmm. yeah, so you're literally just like on this little fort. <laughs> <laughs> Right there, and yeah, it's you, the Ford, the Ghostly Circus. So, and but there have been other places too, uh, where the Ghostly Circus has been. Yeah, we've um, we've done site specific places at a few. So, you know, we kind of have a, especially with the fire, and uh, some years we've had more sideshow as well. So we've kind of had this like not Halloween season, but spooky vibe. And mm-hmm. so we've taken it to uh, 
what is it, Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn uh, with Atlas Obscura. And we did a couple of, of placemaking things with them, um, you know, and as people have been enjoying our shows, they've been inviting us and asking us to activate other spaces. So um, we've brought that kind of site-specific immersion stories to Camden, New Jersey for a, um, what did they call those events? They're, uh, I'm forgetting their name. Is it like the, when they reenact history that? No, it's, it's like, it's public park parties. It's through the, the can, I'm sorry. It's through the connect the lots of Camden. Oh, wow. I never heard of that. They have this like this night out where they bring in bands and music and projections and art installations and performers and we, and antique car shows. And no one told me about this. I am missing out. I am upset. Yeah. Camden connect the lots. It's a really beautiful program. You know, they actually, they have, um, a, um, anti-litter program happening right now where they sponsored six giant art installations scattered around Camden um, at places that have been historically uh, terrible for, for dump sites. So they've, they cleaned up the sites and built art installations to activate it that way, which I think is really beautiful. That is awesome. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I think because I'm in Pennsylvania, they don't want to tell me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's the Night Gardens. It's called Night Gardens. Night Gardens. Okay. I'm yeah. going to have to look that up. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to do it last year, um, but due to COVID and as many other things, it was canceled. So hopefully they'll, okay. they'll bring back that experience. Yes. That's pretty awesome. So where would be some of your, your uh, say like top three or, or maybe if, you don't have three or you can't like think of one like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. What would be some of your favorite spots that you would love to bring the ghostly circus to? Mm. You know, I definitely, definitely want to bring it to the Philadelphia Art Museum. That's one of mm. my goals, like my local goals. Um, you know, there's on um, in D.C. in uh, you know, right next to the National Garden and like that Smithsonian Museum neighborhood, they have some Smithsonian Gardens. Mm-hmm. And I would love, and so, and the gardens connects multiple museums in that row. So it kind of like sprawls. So I'm fantasizing about bringing in several activation points in the Smithsonian Gardens to kind of sprawl nice. around the National Mall. Um, you know, and this, this is also something I thought of uh, in the past year and like started to, you know, started ruminating on, um, you know, so especially the the concept of kind of choosing your own adventure and taking your own path, mm-hmm. uh, timing it as you want instead of sitting down in a box in a chair. Right. That's probably not very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I like that. And so... I know this is no easy feat and there there are a lot of moving pieces. What are some of your creative processes? Some of the behind the scenes that get you into your zone to, to help you 
think, oh, okay, the theme is going to be music or uh, you know what, in addition to that, it's going to be a choose your own adventure. So how, how do you get to that point? What was part of your, your process for that? Mm, um, so the format for the show this year, which is different than, than we've done before, um, on one hand, we, we did want to, you know, it's been open air the entire time I've done this. It's, we do this in outdoor uh, landmarks so far. We can do it indoors. It's just, you know, you want to make sure the ventilation mm-hmm. can accommodate for everything like that. And there's something about the, the scale of what we activate. Like we activate acres and acres of space, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's kind of hard to achieve that in an indoor setting. Um, so we we look at our, we look at our potential space and we kind of envision these pieces. So, um, you, you saw what we were doing last year, Tia, mm-hmm. but this year, all of our stages are going to be presented differently. So oh. where you saw the aerial show and where you saw the fire show are not where it'll be this year. Got it. Um, Yeah. So part of our, our story was like, okay, how can we creatively use the architecture of this particular corner or this, this particular doorway or that particular hillside? Like how many layers can we kind of envision within it? Um, and I start plugging and playing with the artist's that I have been talking to from the beginning. And I also kind of plug and play with the artists as their submissions come in. Um, I will also say I have a producing partner that's been a really amazing um, resource. It's, it's a producing a show is an entirely different talent. Um, and he is wonderfully talented at it. His name is, he goes by easy. Um <laughs> And he is a DJ and a host experience in both the, the virtual worlds and uh, the real worlds, hosting many uh, like quizzo nights and game nights and, and mm-hmm. holding bars down and throwing parties and, and art shows. So he also has a creative vision for, for what type of potential can happen and a network of artists to connect to as well. Um, you know, so there's this one, another thing that's different this year is we're going to start activating some of the interior spaces mm-hmm. um, so that it's mostly open air, but we're putting some art pieces indoors for you to also be able to explore and find. And um, so there's this one beautiful, I'm calling it the echo chamber. You can kind of use your imagination there. <laughs> and um and so when we were in there at our tour, Easy is like, oh, my my buddy Matt would be able to make such a cool uh, projection art experience happen in here. Like, let me reach out. Let me see if he's available. Like, let's see what will happen. Um, you know, so sometimes it carves itself into the space. And mm-hmm. sometimes uh, like a space or a costume um gets written into the show and then I cast somebody to fill it. Like well, another thing I'm excited about this year is we're bringing in burlesque dancers. And so oh, we're wow. running our show twice. We're running a children's show and then a 21 plus show, or, or let's mm-hmm. call it all ages, like family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're running the show again, but 
geared for the 21 plus crowd where our dancers from earlier in the show turn into burlesque dancers and they um, activate one of our staple costumes in a really fun way. I want to keep it a little bit of a surprise still, but um, so that's been really fun to develop too in, in terms of like how to cast for character, like what type of flavor to, um, mm-hmm. to bring to the movement of that. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. I love that. So it's, it's the, the site visits and I love how you have also that creative partner there who's like, Oh, you know, I, I got, you know, the perfect person in mind who can help, help us appeal to the senses. Cause that's also something that I picked up along the way too, is just, you know, again, the, the aerial performance is just the visuals are crazy. And then, you know, the fire performance and I can feel the heat. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's amazing. So I, I can't wait. Wow. I, and, and another reason why I love that process too, is because there's room for creativity to is, is this, and it's, it's fan. There isn't uh no, this is what it's going to be. It's okay. Let's, let's see if he's available. Let's see what happens. And, and I think that's the vibe that people also pick up when they are, you know, tapping out of life or, you know, X amount of time they're at the event is to really immerse themselves in that experience and maybe tap into something within themselves that probably got put on the back burner of all the craziness that's been going on this past year and a half. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it kind of, it gives the idea of potential, um, mm-hmm. you know, and what happens if you keep exploring an idea and what happens when you open up the conversation um, and how this show is, is curated and crafted is, is differently than, um, you know, what a, serving a client would be like, right? So mm-hmm. when a client reaches out to me, they have an idea in mind and ready, or they have a space that they already, that they want activated in a certain way, you know, and they have a certain budget restraints and um, have specific types of costumes that they might have in mind to, to communicate a particular story or theme that way. Um, and so, you know, we cast to serve somebody else's vision. Um, but for this show, and I think what makes the ghostly circus so special is it gives us the opportunity to create something we want to work on um, mm-hmm. versus what somebody else wants to see. And and that mm-hmm. activates a different level of art and achievement um, by giving space to explore it and practice it and refine it you know so yeah um oh I think I think just about all of our acts are brand new I like I don't think there's anybody wow that is that has like this is essentially a debut for almost every act that we're showing and I'm so excited and honored to to be able to say that. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it is literally making me more excited to like go like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. And I have to tell you the last time, the last time I was there, I was looking around in the crowd and it was as if grown people became children because they were just in so much awe, you know, they were just so into the performances, you know, normally you would see people, someone on their phones. No, everyone was so captivated. And that's what I want to 
really reel in to everyone who's listening. Like it's really an interactive event. Like you're not going to be like, Oh, let me see, you know, my news feed on Instagram. Like, no, you're just like, yes, I am here. And this is awesome. It, the only time I saw people take out their phones were to take pictures with the performers because, you know, they had the lights on them and, you know, they had the wings on and things like that. But yeah, everyone was captivated and that, that says a lot. Awesome. Yeah. We, you know, there are so many sensory notes that are happening. Like, and I don't, I don't think we even talked about, um, you know, something else that we kind of devise as a character in our story is our venue is 200 and change feet from the Philadelphia airport. Mm-hmm. So if the winds are going the right way, we have a whole series of planes just dancing in the air above us <laughs> uh, with a whole other sound scenario that goes along with it. And last year, they we treated them as our enemies and we, quote unquote, shot them down with our cannons because so it, this fort <laughs> is a literal fort and they have literal cannons from the revolutionary periods Um and there, there's a couple of them that we can actually fire off. We were firing off at these planes. I mean, we we're shooting blanks, but it's the gesture. It was the, the, the mm-hmm. gesture. And so we would shout out to everybody that this was happening and then booms would happen. <laughs> yes. And you felt it in your chest. <laughs> and oh, it was yeah. like, wow, it was so cool. And actually, I'm glad that you said that because it reminded me of, um, Oh my goodness, what is that movie? Oh, I got the M. Night Shyamalan movie with The Village, where uh, the owner of that property made it a no flight zone. But when the one guy crossed over the, uh, the, the, uh, the wall, he was just like, oh my God, like, what is that noise? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the airplane, but they're not supposed to be that close. And that's what it felt like because literally you're, you're in a time warp enjoying this performance. And, you know, it's like, you know, we have enemies coming. (laughs) The cannon goes off. It's like, oh snap, wait a minute. That's right. There is the airplane, but also everyone was dressed in, gosh, what, what era would that be? Well, there was muskets. So during that time, I guess the, Mm -hmm. like the revolutionary war time. So they were also dressed for that error so imagine everyone there again like i said adults you could just tell just by their eyes they're just locked in everyone is mentally back into that time we have an enemy and there's cannons and then the plane goes by it's like oh that's right it's it's the year 2000 but cool <laughs> and i'm looking up because i want to actually see how old fort mifflin is this is a very old older than the fort. country yeah, it's it's really old. Yeah, it's the. I think their tagline is the fort that saved America because it was uh, right first line of defense during the Revolutionary War before America was officially America. Yeah, it was built in 1771. Mm-hmm. They even have so, a flag. It's so cool. Yeah, so I mean, this is. Yeah, th- this is going to be definitely a nice little uh, break from everything. Once you cross, you know, the little moat, you're leaving 2000, whatever this year is behind, and you have entered the ghostly circus. 
<laughs> you're stepping back both 300 years ago and maybe even 300 years in the future, depending on yeah. where your portal is headed, you know? There you go. There you go. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, I feel like people have gotten a little bit of behind the scenes, some sneak peeks, uh, ideas, understanding of what the ghostly circus is, what it's about. I love that there are so many uh, independent artists involved and that, you know, this collaborative effort is here and is so unique and so different. I love it. Uh, is there any final thoughts that you want us to know? Um, I mean, I think this was, I also think this was a great chat. We're so excited to, to see how the adventures unfold and, you know, see how, how the space enlivens with everybody bringing their, their perspectives and their, their footprints into it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited. I know it's going to be a great time. Thank you for coming on the show and giving us these great insights and all that jazz. And yeah, just again, thank you for everything. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Tia. It's been, I really enjoyed connecting a little bit deeper uh with you personally as well um and i'm honored to to be one of your guests thank you so much and to everyone i'm sending you lots of love many blessings you know i'm rooting for you remember to be kind to yourself until next time thank you so much for tuning in magical one Let's keep in touch. Join the VIP email list by going to tmariejohnson.com. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.